Welcome to Digital Detectives, reports from the battlefront. We'll discuss computer forensics, electronic discovery, and information security issues and what's really happening in the trenches. Not theory, but practical information that you can use in your law practice, right here on the Legal Talk Network. Welcome to the 116th edition of Digital Detectives. We're glad to have you with us. I'm Sharon Nelson, president of Sensei Enterprises, a digital forensics, cybersecurity, and information technology firm in Fairfax, Virginia. And I'm John Simic, vice president of Sensei Enterprises. Today on Digital Detectives, our topic is work at home and remote access. It's time for security review. Before we get started, I'd like to thank our sponsors. Thanks to our sponsor, Logical, instant discovery software for modern legal teams. Logical offers perfectly predictable pricing at just $250 per matter per month. Create your free account at any time at logical.com forward slash LTN. That's logic with a K, C-U-L-L dot com forward slash LTN. We'd also like to thank our sponsor, PINow.com. If you need a private investigator you can trust, visit PINow.com to learn more. Today, our guest is our longtime friend and co-author, Dave Reese. Dave is of counsel with Clark Hill and practices in the area of technology, data protection, and environmental law and litigation. For over 25 years, he has increasingly focused on cybersecurity, privacy, and information governance. He has recently addressed... In his practice, such current issues as cybersecurity and privacy programs and policies, contracting for privacy and security, response to security incidents and data breaches, digital and environmental forensics, admissibility of expert opinions, e-discovery, and defensive enforcement actions. He is a co-author of Lockdown, Practical Information Security for Lawyers, Second Edition, and Encryption Made Simple for Lawyers, the editor of eDiscovery, fourth edition, and a contributing author to Information Security and Privacy, a Legal Business and Technical Handbook, second edition. He's a member of the American Bar Association's Cybersecurity Legal Task Force as well. Dave, it's great to have you with us again. Thanks. It's always a pleasure to work with you and Sharon. Well, we're glad you're back. And you wrote, or co-wrote, I should say, an alert for your law firm called Work at Home and Remote Access. It's time for a security review, which is the title of our podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about the alert and how it came to be, Dave? Sure. My colleague Jeffrey Wells and I wrote the alert to suggest that everyone step back and look at the security they have in place for working at home and for uh, remote access. And today I'm going to focus on attorneys and law firms as we go through it, but the alert actually covers businesses and organizations of all times. And, you know, all of us went through the shutdown and stay at home orders when law firms of all sizes had to quickly shift to remote access for everyone. Some firms already had the technology in place. Others had to start from scratch. And the challenge was it had to be done very quickly, you know, whether it's starting or or moving ahead. So we suggested now that everybody is used to working at home, some folks are even starting to go back to the office, that everyone should, you know, step back and look at the security, make sure that it's done correctly, and, and also, uh, you know, learn from experience. Maybe some things went wrong. Hopefully they didn't. But if they did, to uh, address them so that uh, they don't continue. 
Well, Dave, I, I, we all have our, our, our favorite resources for information, et cetera. And I know you, you and, and Sharon and myself, we're always trading, trading stuff, uh, notices and things. But can you tell our listeners what some of the best security information resources on work at home and, and remote access are? My favorites are in the alert, and they include government agencies and security organizations. So there's CISA, CISA, the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency in the uh, Department of Homeland Security. There's the National Institute for Science and Technology, NIST, and the National Security Agency. There are also security organizations like the Center for International Security and the SANS Institute. In the alert, there are links to the most recent information from them on work at home and remote access. For attorneys, there's also the ABA Law Practice Division and the Cybersecurity uh, Legal Task Force. They include some free webinars uh, for ABA members, and I know you and Sharon have done some of them. We've all been worried about people who are working from home, and I know that I, I've heard John lecture that you're 3.5 times more vulnerable when, you're, when you are working from home. So what are the special considerations for attorneys who suddenly find themselves remote working? You know, these are the concerns that you and John and I write and speak on all the time. So attorneys have ethical and common law duties to employ competent and reasonable measures to safeguard information relating to clients. They also often have contractual and regulatory duties. So that's the Ethics 2020 amendments to Model Rule 1.1 on competence and to Model Rule 1.6 on uh, confidentiality. Uh, in addition, the uh, Pennsylvania Bar Association recently issued a formal opinion, it's 2020-300, on ethical obligations for lawyers working remotely. So it's a brand new opinion that pulls everything together on this particular topic. Well, Dave, I know you had a, a list of considerations that, that were in the alert. Can you uh, kind of identify the, the best approach to, to address those? Like everything else in uh, cybersecurity, it should be part of a comprehensive program. And the program should include technology, policies and procedures, and people. Ad hoc security, where you just kind of go through a checklist of your things like passwords and security software and things like that, just doesn't work well by itself. So, you know, it's best to make it part of a comprehensive program. You know, there are various published standards by NIST and the Center for International Internet Security, uh, the groups I mentioned before, that have information on comprehensive information security programs. So, they provide the overview, and each of the steps that law firms and other organizations take for security you know, should be part of this overall program. So you start with a risk assessment, look at the risk to the particular kind of information you have, and then build it into a security program. One of the steps, which is what we're suggesting in this alert, is that you periodically go back, do a review, you know, see what's working, see what hasn't worked, see what has changed in terms of the risk posture, and then build that into the comprehensive program. So that's the best way to deal with this and most other areas of cybersecurity. 
Is is that kind of like the the wash rinse repeat, Dave? <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly that I think. So, what are the security considerations for end users who are working at home and have remote access? That that's that's a real issue for most law firms, and, and they weren't prepared. <laughs> no, so what what I like to do with you know remote access, whether it's home or on the road, is to break it down into three areas. So first of all, there's the users end, and you know that's whatever the attorney or whoever else is connecting remotely is using to get in. Second is the connection, making sure you have a secure connection from the user's end into the network or cloud service that you're connecting to. And finally, the security at the other end uh, that's being provided at the law firm's network or cloud service. So there's three different steps, and this is the first one. So first, you have to make sure that the laptop, desktop, tablet, whatever you're using to connect is secure. And, you know, that includes having it securely configured, having the correct security software and things of that nature on it. It's particularly important that the user has an up-to-date operating system with all the patches and up-to-date applications with all the patches. And finally, up-to-date security software with all the um, current updates to it. You have to be careful of the a network that the end user is using to connect, whether it's a home wireless or a home wired, you have to make sure that it's secure. It doesn't do you any good if the computer is secure, if anybody can you know, get into the wireless connection. Understanding the dangers of bring your own device and shared computers, particularly if they're shared with teenagers, and to try to protect against that the best you can. To have strong authentication, a password or passphrase to get onto the computer that's being used at home. Preferably to have automatic log off after 15 minutes or less of inactivity. And finally, to back up whatever is on it that, that isn't being done in the network. So those are the considerations that the user end. Well, before we move on to our next segment, let's take a quick commercial break. Trying to cut costs? You're not alone. In today's climate, a five-figure e-discovery bill per month is steep. Don't pay that. Use Logical to reduce expense and control your discovery process. Get started today for only $250 per matter, and they'll waive migration costs from competing platforms. For more information, visit Logical.com LTN. That's Logic with a K, C-U-L-L dot com forward slash L-T-N. Does your law firm need an investigator for a background check, civil investigation, or other type of investigation? PINow.com is a one-of-a-kind resource for locating investigators anywhere in the U.S. and worldwide. The professionals listed on PINow understand the legal constraints of an investigation, are up-to-date on the latest technology, and have extensive experience in many types of investigation, including workers' compensation and surveillance. Find a pre-screened private investigator today. Visit www.pinow.com. Welcome back to Digital Detectives on the Legal Talk Network. Today, our topic is work at home and remote access. It's time for a security review. Today, our guest is our longtime friend and co-author, Dave Reese. Dave is of counsel with Clark Hill and practices in the areas of technology, data protection, and environmental law and litigation. 
Dave, before the break, you talked about uh, the security measures for the, the the actual end user. Can you talk a little bit about how, how should the security be addressed for the remote connection to a law firm network or, or to a service provider, if that's what you're using? Sure. So you're going to be you know going from the computer at home over generally over the internet to you know whatever you're accessing. So just to repeat, it's important to have a secure wired or Wi-Fi system at home. With Wi-Fi, you want to have WPA2 or we're moving into WPA3 and make sure it is securely configured with a password and everything. Then you want to use a virtual private network or other type of secure connection so that the communications between the end user and the law firm or service can't be intercepted. And make sure that you avoid using public Wi-Fi for anything for law firm or other confidential work. So that gets you from the end user and connecting to whatever you're going to. Okay, so let's flip it around. What what are the security considerations for the law firm network or the service provider that is being remotely accessed? How do you deal with that? All right, well, there's a number of points there that we list in the alert that to quickly run through them, you want to have strong authentication. So that's the username and, and password or passphrase that you know gets you into the system at the other end. It definitely should have multi-factor authentication so that if you know the password is compromised, that it gives you another level of protection. Again, having the automatic log off that I mentioned before that should be on the end user's computer. You want to have segmentation of the network, meaning uh, it's based on a need to know Everyone who logs in can't access, you know, everything that is in the network or in the service, you know, just what they need. Now, in practice, that's somewhat difficult to do. You can't segment everything, but at least having a reasonable level of it. Use of a a data loss prevention tool. There's a number of them out there, and particularly for mid-size and large law firms, it's an important security feature. Having logs of all the remote connections and what they did and keeping the logs so that if there's a problem later, you can identify what happened. You know, when we do incident response, one of the biggest challenges that we have is that a lot of networks either don't have logs or don't keep them long enough. And finally, you know, having a system in place for answering user questions or reporting incidents. That should be part of the network when people are in the office. It sometimes can be even more important when they're working remotely. So those are the basic uh, recommendations that we have for the uh, law firm network or service provider. So Dave, how how should end users be covered in security for work at home and, and remote access? All right, so you know we've talked about the the technology for all three steps in it, and, and this is dealing with the people part of it. And the main thing is having adequate training in remote work security, both initially and you know repeating it, so that you know people don't forget about it, particularly when they're working away from the office for two or three months, and you know for some it may even be more. And that training should include protection against phishing and social engineering, which is one of the the biggest threats, both inside the law firm network and for Mm -hmm. folks uh, working remotely. 
And the third thing, which comes from training, but it is a step beyond training, and that's constant security awareness. You know, every time that uh, someone is using the computer every day and and keeping it the, the whole time they're there. You know, multitasking and distraction are two of the big enemies of security. So we want to avoid that when people are working at home. Well, here's the $60 million question and the one that fuels all the flames of controversy. What are your suggestions for secure collaboration and conferencing services? Well, we've all been learning about that and and, and be learning a lot about it. The, the, The first step is doing due diligence on the service that you're going to use. And whether it's GoToMeeting, Microsoft Teams or, or Zoom, you know, it's understanding its features, particularly its security features, and understanding any limitations that it has. You know, Zoom got a lot of bad press, probably deservedly so, because of some of the security issues with Zoom bombing and things like that. You know, Zoom has done a lot to upgrade its security, but even with the Zoom bombing, if it had been configured correctly, it probably wouldn't have worked. Interestingly, one of the the resources that I listed earlier, and there's a link to it in the alert, is that the NSA has published uh, security standards for collaboration and conferencing tools to be used by federal agencies, and it includes Zoom as meeting the standards for federal agencies, not for classified information, but for other information that may be confidential, but it depends on configuring it securely, using things like a password, not having everybody be able to share their screen unless the host allows them to, and things like that. So doing the due diligence to understand the the features, making sure that all users know how to use it, particularly hosts, because as I mentioned a couple of times, if it's not securely configured, it can be really dangerous. And then caution with recording it. You know, you can have situations where an end user can record it on their own device and, you know, you really can't prevent that. There's also a Zoom feature. I think the other ones also have it for, you know, recording conference calls and meetings. If you're going to do that, where is it going to where is it going to be stored? What security is there? and things of that nature. So, I mean, just to summarize it, it's the due diligence, learn how to use it, and use it securely. Yeah, we, we've been teaching uh, Zoom for, for lawyers for about two months now, and I can't tell you how many people come to, to those things. But we are stuck in Virginia with a lot of WebEx in the courts, and uh, there's no particular enthusiasm for that that platform that I can see. It is very secure, but um, Zoom seems to us to be a more robust and user-friendly platform. <laughs> Yeah, and I think I actually sent you this. You know, Zoom has been focusing on security, and they're actually opening an office in Pittsburgh, where I live, and they're locating it here because they're going to be working with Carnegie Mellon University on security issues, among other tech. Well, Dave, are there any other security issues related to COVID-19 that, that attorneys and law firms should should consider? I know you mentioned phishing earlier, and and, and we're certainly seeing, seeing a bunch of phishing flying around in relation to, to this pandemic. But other security issues you want to talk about? 
Yeah, well, I mean, along with phishing and everything else to protect against social engineering and malware, there's a couple. Uh, One is security for home printers. You know, if you are going to print confidential client information or other confidential firm information, you know, there can be security issues with the printer storing it. If it's a wireless printer that isn't configured security that, uh, securely, you know, someone may be able to intercept it. So printers are, are, you know, a second thing other than the, you know, phishing and protection against the usual security threats. A third one is paper documents. You know, if you are printing confidential law firm or client documents at home, what do you do with drafts? What do you do with old ones? You know, we all have our shredding bins and security in the office. You know, don't just throw it in regular trash at home. And we actually uh, did an alert on that earlier before the current one on the importance of paper in, uh, you know, cybersecurity uh, during the, the work at home. Also, backup and business continuity are the devices that you're using uh, at home being backed up? If things are just backed up in the network when you're using a document management system or Office uh, 365, now Microsoft 365, or one of those tools where the, where you have a, a backup through the system, if you just do something locally on a uh, computer at home, it may not be backed up. So those are the additional security considerations that uh, at least I can you know think of as we go through this for uh, working at home and remote access. Well, we sure want to thank you for being our guest today, Dave. Uh, in spite of the fact that we lecture on this topic, I never fail to learn something from, from you. So that made me think maybe there's a uh, webinar in this. You, you game for another outing with the two of us? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sharon has a brilliant idea while podcasting. That, that's a good one. Uh, thank you again for, for joining us, for taking the time and, and you know, for uh, decades now of friendship and uh, just it's been so much fun working with you. So thank Thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Well, you know, I'm always glad to do it, but, you know, we always learn from each other when we do something like this. And one of the things that I enjoy uh, about lecturing where you have an audience that can interact with you is you always learn from the audience too. So, you know, it's always a great learning experience doing these kinds of things. Well, that does it for this edition of Digital Detectives. And remember, you can subscribe to all the editions of this podcast at LegalTalkNetwork.com or an Apple Podcasts. And if you enjoyed our podcast, please rate us on Apple Podcasts. And you can find out more about Sensei's digital forensics, technology, and cybersecurity services at senseient.com. We'll see you next time on Digital Detectives. Thanks for listening to Digital Detectives on the Legal Talk Network. Check out some of our other podcasts on LegalTalkNetwork.com and in iTunes.